Have you ever been in that I'm so done with this space and you're ready to embark on a full out healing journey, doing a drastic energetic house cleaning, tossing out everything that you aren't resonating with or that you don't think is resonating with you and moving into a brand new paradigm? You want to be happy, feel good and have no more problems and you're willing to go all out to achieve it. But be careful before you take that drastic step because there is a price to pay and a cost that we must be willing to bear in order to have the transformation we want. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. Have you ever been in that I'm so done with this space and you're ready to embark on a full out healing journey, doing a drastic energetic house cleaning, tossing out everything that you aren't resonating with and moving into a new paradigm as quickly as possible? You want to be happy, to feel good and have no more problems and you're willing to go all out to achieve it. I've been there before and occasionally I've done that full toss out of everything that I thought didn't resonate with me or that I didn't resonate with. But I always regretted it later because in my haste to get rid of everything, I didn't consider what I was getting rid of and whether it was a momentary thing or something I really needed to give more thought to. There was a price I was willing to pay, but I didn't consider the full cost of my actions and I couldn't. I was so ready to get out of the pain space that I thought I was ready to go full scorched earth to get there. And in that moment, I was. It was after the dust had settled that I had to consider what it was going to take to get my life back together and to get back to normal. And the problem with acting too hastily is that we don't have a clean release. So these things start slowly creeping back into our lives. And one day we look around and realize we're right back where we started before we did the full housekeeping and tossing everything out. But what's more important is the price we must pay and the cost we must bear of our healing journey. It isn't without some degree of discomfort and regret. And anyone who doesn't tell you that or prepare you for it is doing a huge disservice. Unlike most other spiritual teachers and mentors, I don't paint a rosy picture of the healing journey. While it can have a fantastic outcome, the process is often less than rosy and it can be quite uncomfortable because there's a price for healing, which is the actions we must take and the cost we must bear, which is what we're willing to get rid of to arrive at the healing outcome that we want. And while we tend to look at the price and and cost in terms of other people and other situations, 
The real price and cost are at an inner level, the things that we must transform in ourselves to arrive at our destination. Let's look at price and cost in terms of our outer transformation, because this is where we see the proof of our willingness to transform, right? While the transformation is reflected there, unless there's an equal amount of effort and attention given to our inner landscape, the outer transformation won't last too long because it's a reflection of our inner self. Our outer transformation is usually the product of what I call false congruence, which is what happens when we haven't done the inner transformation work. It's a reality that's pieced together with sticky tape and twine, consisting of anything we can attract that will prove to us that we're lovable, deserving, worthy, and can have what we so desperately want and are secretly afraid that we will never have or never be able to get. I see this so often in clients who say they want to change, they want something new, and they're willing to jump in with both feet without giving the inner work any consideration. Because that's the hard part. The outer transformation is easy. Change the cushions on the couch, slap on a coat of paint, and a fixer-upper becomes the next big real estate flip success. But if the foundation is cracked, the walls have termites, and there is mold everywhere, you just covered up a real estate disaster that will become a money pit of problems for the new owners. One client came to me for relationship help. She was tired of dating men who didn't make her happy, who were selfish and inconsiderate, who didn't meet her needs, and she wanted to transform that. She wanted a fabulous, wonderful, amazing relationship. I suggested that we coach through my Raise Your Love Vibes program, but all she wanted to know was when the next person was coming around. Over the next five years, she would call me for advice about her next new partner, and I would always tell her the same thing. It will last six to nine months, then you'll be hurt and disappointed because it's going to end. She got so angry that she quit calling me, although I had been previously right every single time because every relationship ended in the same way. Then one day I got a tearful call asking for my help after her 11th, yes, 11th relationship had died a painful death. She was now ready to do the inner work. In her mind, the price of a new relationship meant being willing to take another risk on getting her heart broken, which she did. But she wasn't willing to pay the cost, which was being alone with herself until she understood why she was attracting such miserable relationships. But the real cost was to do her own healing work, so she stopped attracting the same kind of person over and over again until she was willing to pay that cost to have the relationship she said she wanted, she would never get it. Let's look at another example of price and cost. Those of you who are parents will relate to this. My youngest son wanted to move out of the house, to have his freedom, to be on his own, to never have to clean his room or make his bed, to stay out as late as he wanted. For him, this was the ultimate freedom, living on his own without his mother's watchful eye watching over him. He eventually moved out, and then a week later, I got a phone call from him saying that his refrigerator was empty. I told him he had to go to the grocery store to buy more food. But, he said, the refrigerator at home was never empty. I said, well, that's because every Saturday morning while you were asleep, I went to the store and by the time you got up at noon, I had put all the groceries away. 
There was a long pause and then an O. And then a question. Would I be willing to go to the grocery store with him and show him how to buy groceries? I did. And as he lived on his own longer, he realized that there was a price he had to pay for his freedom lifestyle. There was a price he had to pay for his freedom lifestyle, actions he had to take, and a cost to bear. He had to take responsibility for the many details of his life that he never realized I had been doing for him. What is the price you have to be willing to pay for your transformation and outcome? Is it to take action even though you're afraid? Is it to allow yourself to have clarity about your needs, your limitations, and your energy burdens so you can heal and release them? Is it to acknowledge that some things in your life are simply not worth your time and energy, or that certain people or situations will never be or become what you want them to be? With my children, I used to call this the price of being an adult, taking responsibility for yourself. It's also a commitment to your own transformation being willing to do what it takes to get there. What is the cost you have to be willing to take on for your transformation? To overcome a fear, to release a burden, heal traumas like guilt and shame, to take some action that you've avoided for a long time? Maybe it's to stop using your pain, trauma, and whatever happened to you when you were five years old as a crutch or an excuse to continue in your comfort zone. Now, I'm not being mean or cruel or unkind here, but we get into cycles of victim thinking and victimization and being a victim of our past that leads to habitual behavior. I can't do this because it will never happen to me because. And then the because is all about some ancient trauma that happened to us when we were younger. And while I sympathize entirely with having been the victim of trauma and the fact that it can have a seriously difficult impact on your life, there comes a time when you have to stop being ruled by your trauma and start becoming more energetically sovereign. And that's the cost you have to pay for your transformation. If you're ever going to get out of the comfort of your comfort zone, which is where you find safety and security, no matter how uncomfortable it might be for you, you have to be willing to pay that cost to enter the scary world of self-sovereignty, to enter the scary world of taking a risk on yourself, doing something that scares you, doing something that helps you take a step towards an outcome that you want. Maybe it is to release your unconscious belief that you are not good, perfect, gifted, talented, or educated enough to succeed. Maybe it's to release your fear of success and to allow yourself to define your own version of success because that's different from everyone. Maybe it is to look at how you've pieced together a reality that is so shaky and unstable that it falls apart and has to be put back together on a regular basis. Let me give you an example of this with a story that I've shared many times on my radio show and with my clients about how my son wrecked the car and what happened to my car after my son wrecked it and it had to be fixed. I had gone on a business trip to Europe and I had let my son drive my car. I was going to be gone for two weeks, so my car did need to be driven occasionally. He had to pick me up from the airport, so on my return trip, I see this car coming down 
the street. I'm at the airport by the baggage claim. I had just been on a long international flight. I just wanted to get home and sleep and get back to my schedule. And I see this car driving down and I see that it looks like it's been in a pretty terrible front end accident. And I'm thinking, wow, look at that car. It's really banged up. And as the car got closer and closer, I realized that was my car. So my son, who had not told me about the accident while I was away, jumps out of the car to get my bags and says, Mom, I'm sorry about the car. I think that my friend can get you a new fender and maybe fix up the light and it'll be okay. The car went to the estimator. The damage was almost $5,000. And luckily, most of it was covered by my insurance. I made my son pay the rest. But he had somehow hooked the bumper on a fire hydrant. And when the car wouldn't move, instead of stopping to see what the problem was, he kept on pushing on the gas until he nearly ripped the whole front bumper and the whole left front fender off the car. So the car went to the body shop to be fixed. It took about a week because it had to have a fender replacement. It had to have a bumper replacement. It had to be repainted. You know, it was quite an expensive and kind of a long repair. So at first, everything looked great. The car looked like it had been fixed. It looked mostly like new. But at the time I was living in Phoenix, and one thing you know about Phoenix summers is they're extremely hot. So during the course of the summer, when it would get to be 115 or 119 degrees, all the metal on my car would expand, and I noticed that the front parking light would fall out. Now, it was held on by the wires and the plug to the light bulb, but I was driving around town with this light hanging out of the front of my car. It looked like an eye that had fallen out of its socket. So I took it back to the body shop who told me that because of the accident, because of the damage to the front end, they really could not get it back to factory new, that there was always going to be the problem with this light, that it was loose, they couldn't fix it, and if they tried to glue it in, if I ever had to change the light bulb, I would not be able to change it because the light bulb was actually an integral part of the lamp. So I had to learn to live with it. I went to the auto supply store and I bought some chrome colored duct tape. So during the course of the hot summer, when the heat would make the metal expand and the light would fall out, I would get my chrome colored duct tape out of the glove compartment and I would tape the lamp back into its socket where it would stay for a few weeks until the tape melted and then I would have to repeat the process all over again. And whenever I ran out of chrome colored duct tape, I would make a trip to the auto parts store and buy some more. Now I kept the car like that for a number of years. And again, it was a problem that couldn't be fixed, but if you looked at my car from far away, you couldn't tell that I had chrome duct tape holding that light bulb in place. But if you were really close to my car and you were looking at the light, you could tell, wow, there must be something wrong with that light because it's held together by chrome colored duct tape. And this is what I mean by false congruence, this reality that we hold together with bits of string and twine and it's so unstable and so fragile that everything, anything can disrupt it. And what we desperately are hoping to do is just to keep the reality together. Never mind the healing journey. Never mind making any changes. We have all we can do just to hold our reality together. 
And while we're not happy with false congruence and it doesn't make us happy, it does solve a major problem for us to make us feel like we have some semblance of security and stability in our life to give us some semblance of control and to make us feel better about not being able to move farther, to really get control of our lives and to be more empowered and less controlled by our victimhood and our fears. The price we have to pay in any situation like this is a willingness to take action, action out of our comfort zone, action out of the false congruence of safety and security that we've created, action out of our beliefs that we can't, it'll never happen, or it's just not going to happen for us. And then to be willing to bear the cost, releasing our fears, putting ourselves at risk of ridicule or humiliation or shame or being made feel guilty because where once we were available, we're not available anymore. There's so many different ways that the costs we have to bear can manifest themselves. But the most important is this. We have to realize that the reality we create meets our needs on some level and the needs are still there. The new reality we create has to also meet those needs just in a different way. Every journey of transformation then has a price and a cost as we do our inner and outer healing work. And I use healing to describe one part of what I teach as a three-part process because healing just means that you stop the energy leaks and drains, you stop scattering your energy and you bring it to a place where you're whole and you can actually face your problems and see them with clarity and understanding. This is wholeness now. And then we move into part three, which is congruence. But this is true congruence, not putting any random things together and holding them up with sticky tape and twine so it works while we pray it doesn't all fall apart. But real congruence, where there is fit and flow and harmony, where everything works together, there is energetic resonance and things flow with grace and ease. We can have all that and more when we're willing to pay the price and the costs that we are willing to bear, the inner and outer transformation that we're willing to do to have the rich, happy, and successful life that we want, one that radiates congruent harmony and flows with grace and ease. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.